The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to our daily live stream devotional and what we call the Source of Truth podcast. We want to welcome all of you who are joining us and maybe some of you for the very first time. Uh, let me explain a little bit of what we're doing to try and just open up more opportunities for people to watch. And I've been doing some research and technical research as I noticed a friend of mine was able to um, introduce something that I didn't know was available and that is being able to live stream through Instagram. You see, when we live stream these, we do it to multiple platforms. Uh, There's two Facebook pay, uh, posts or two Facebook accounts, a YouTube account all at the same time. And uh, so we've been trying to find a way to be able to do this also through live stream, live stream into Instagram at the same time. As we know, especially for the younger generation, that's, that's the social media platform that most of them are using. So we wanted to be able to get over there. And so today we're starting that. Now, uh, as we start this week and this Monday, uh, please remember that, and this would be different, especially on Instagram. Uh, one of the things that will happen on Instagram on, on Mondays, the video will be posted at 11 o'clock as we cannot pre-record the live streams for Instagram on Mondays. But Tuesday through Friday at 11 o'clock, we will go live on Instagram and uh, through the church account, through BBC Today. And then <clears throat> after that's done, we will take that video and post the archive. Because on, live, on Facebook and YouTube, the moment you're done live streaming, it goes automatically archived to uh, Instagram does not. So we will post that video for later. And uh, so we really hope that it'll get an opportunity for more people to have access to this and to be able to reach out uh, to those who say Facebook's not what I touch, but I like Instagram. So we really hope this would be an encouragement and a help. And starting today... We're going to start a devotional I've been thinking about for a few weeks. And, uh, and so we're going to start for the next couple of weeks up to Christmas. We're going to study uh, what many have called Advent. A lot of times we don't use that because the Catholics use that term, but Advent simply means coming, and it talks about the coming of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus, and that is as a child. And I think sometimes we, we, you know, as we look at it from the Christmas story point of view, uh, it's easy for us to focus our attention on the highlights of the Christmas story. And I think it's good because uh, more than just it being a holiday for us in our country, in our world really, um, the truths of what we call the Christmas story, the truths of the first coming of Jesus to this earth, carry with it some amazing um, truths, some great theology, and some great life-changing truths that we need in our daily lives. And so what we, my desire is to help us to understand not just more of some aspects of what is the true part of the Christmas story, what is some things that we in our culture have added to it, um, not just to have it you know, deeper. Secondly, I'd like to add some deeper theology. What does it really mean? Why is this important? And then I want to look at the practical side of how how does this affect me and influence me? How does this help me? Is I believe the Bible often offers all three of those, clarity, um, deep truth, and practical knowledge for everyday life. And that's really, that's why we've called this a Source of Truth podcast. That word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, helping us to understand there is great depth and great theology in the Word of God that is very practical for my everyday life. And that's what we hope to be able to show starting today, or at least in this story starting today. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 1 as we bounce back and forth, mostly between Matthew and Luke, as we look at the different aspects of what we now call uh, the Christmas story. 
And so what we're going to do is we're going to start in verse 5, and we're going to dig down into kind of the beginning of all of this. And uh, now obviously, a lot of times when you look at the story of the Christmas story, people don't often jump back to uh, Zacharias. And the reason we're doing that is this is more than just the Christmas story. The, the first coming of Jesus has a lot of prophetical fulfillment in it, and it starts with Zacharias in Luke. It actually starts in Luke chapter 1 for a lot of it, but um, so I want to I be able to dig down, and we're just going to kind of go through this section of Scripture and, and look at uh, some of the fulfilled prophecy and some of the practicality as, as all of this is being introduced. So uh, if you want to follow along, Luke chapter 5, or I'm sorry, I said that wrong, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 5. The Bible says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. Verse 8 says, And it came to pass that while he, this is Zacharias, executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense, and he went into the temple of the Lord." And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of the incense. And so let me give you, really what we're seeing here is kind of the history before we get into how this influences the whole life of Christ. Because what we're looking at now is a major part of Christ's ministry is John the Baptist, as we're talking about. These are the parents of John the Baptist. Uh, he became the forerunner of Jesus, a fulfillment of prophecy. And uh, so we're going to look at how God, even in a miraculous way, brought him to this earth just like he did John the Baptist's cousin, Jesus. So we start with verse 5, there was in the days of Herod. And we, if you do any research, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but Herod was an evil king. He was a great architect, was a great builder, but a, a wicked king. And so this was, a, this was a hard time for the people of Israel. And, and please remember, uh, as we look at it from a historical point of view, from the end of Malachi to the Gospels, as we look at the beginning here, there had been a 400-year time of silence where, where God had stopped speaking to his people and now was starting. And what they were looking for was this fulfillment. They were looking for the fulfillment of the one who would turn the hearts of the fathers and children back to God. They were looking for the Messiah to come, and they were hoping for the fulfillment of prophecy. But in, in new information, there had been a 400-year gap of silence. Now, picture this from our point of view. I, I, for me, when we study scripture, one thing that can happen if we're not careful is we say, well, I understand it was 400 years, but for me, it's a flip of the page. So picture this. Picture that God had not spoken or moved in our midst since 1620. Now, most of us in 2020 think, I don't know if God's moved in 2020. Trust me, he has in many, many ways. But, you know, think about if there had been no real movement of God since 1620, older than the, the founding of our country. This has been a long period of time, which, which that's important as we'll look at an aspect of the faithfulness uh, of this man. So in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now why? This is just some great history behind this. 
Abiah, uh, King David had created these uh, groups of priests, and this was one of the 24 sections of priests that he established in 1 Chronicles, and he was under that order. And it's interesting because even his wife Elizabeth was of the daughters of Aaron. So in these both, they, they both had a history back to the priesthood in their lineage. And so they'd been remained faithful through all these years to continue, and they were continuing in this. In verse 6, I love this the description of these two. They were both righteous before God, not just what looked good before men, righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had, in verse 7, they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. Can you consider, you know, one of the greatest things you could have gotten and still to today is being blessed by God with children. And yet these two had been faithful. They were blameless. They followed all the ordinances. They were really doing everything they could to follow God, even though they had not heard from God. And yet they had no children. And now they were older, which means in their mind, understandably, the the goal of children, the prayer request of children was not going to come. And apparently they had accepted that. And it's just, just the heart of these two, which is why we see God using them, just the heart of these two. It's such a great uh, challenge to us. In verse 8, And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense, he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, simply means that the way the priests, they often didn't live right there at the temple. They would kind of sometimes live outside of the, of the town, live outside of the, where the temple was. And, and generally, once uh, they would spend a week, one Sabbath to one Sabbath, a couple times a year. They'd come and they'd kind of do their shift. And they'd spend a week there doing their shift and they'd go home and another priest would take that time. And so he was there, in there to take his week. They were both there. And it says he was burning incense. And then verse 10, the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And simply, that means we know that this was either in the morning or in the evening because it was a time of the incense. Verse 11, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. So a first thing is an angel. Gabriel stands at the right hand of the the altar. And you imagine Zacharias had to be uh, frightened. You know, he probably knew of, of, of angels appearing, but this is the first time in, the, in what we now call the New Testament age, first time in 400 years minimally that this would happen. And he's frightened and then immediately told not to fear. And then his, and his prayer is answered. And I imagine, wait a minute, I, I, we're old. What do you mean now? I, you know, we've been praying for this, but almost like it's too late for the prayer request to be heard. Can I give a simple practical point that you know, sometimes God does not answer in the speed we want him to, but we know that he hears. And that in his glory, he will answer in his time. And so remain faithful in prayer, remain faithful to him. And despite even if we always get our answer, the key is our faithfulness and surrender to him. And so he's, he's given this, this prophecy, given this promise from, from, the, from this angel. Of course, he becomes frightened. 
And he immediately says, wait a minute, what's going on? Now, it's interesting here. They also say his name will be John. Generally speaking, um, if he, the, the, this baby would have been named off of an ancestor, somebody in their home. So to be given a name is very unique, very different. We know later that when he was born, um, that, John the ba- uh, that his father, Zacharias, who we'll see in a minute, was basically lost his speaking ability for the time of the pregnancy, wrote down the name because everybody thought, no, it, it should be named after or after his family. And so the, there's a, some unique aspects as we see God working in this. Um, let me see where I, where I left off. Uh, verse 15, and he, and he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn, to their, turn, the, turn the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit of the power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, we won't go back to it for time, but that section of Scripture is interesting because it, what we believe to be a fulfillment of the last chapter of Malachi, where God promised that it will be a day when a man will come in the power of Elijah, Elijah, and he will turn the people back, which tells us how much was needed in this time of the, of the Jewish people. And so John the Baptist was sent ahead, and we know six months, because he was six months older than his, at least in human years, from his cousin Jesus. And he would go and live a unique life to point people and prepare them for the Messiah, a fulfillment of prophecy, another reminder that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, we know later that, we, we, we were to read, but we won't for time, that Zacharias didn't necessarily believe at first. You know, his, his human mind took over, and so Gabriel said, listen, I am the angel that stands in the presence of God. Can you imagine standing in the presence of Gabriel, who's in the presence of God? And because of his unbelief, uh, the angel took away his voice. He was dumb or unable to speak and tell. Well, when he was, the baby was born, he wrote down, his name will be John, and he received his voice back. Another reminder, you know, hey, I, I didn't believe 100% or I've spoken face-to-face with God. And we can see a lot of simple, great practical applications that when God moves, sometimes, you know, as he moves in our lives, it, we don't always believe it. He says, listen, I'm, I'm going to make it clear. As we look at this, there's a lot of, and you could, you can spend a lot of time digging deep into theology. And, and I want to make sure we do that. I, I don't want, I want to make sure that we dig down and we learn more about what the Bible says about this. But just as I finish with a couple of practical thoughts in the area of, of practical application that we can take with us, one of the things that I see in reading this about this couple is their faithfulness to God, their faithfulness to be obedient to God, their faithfulness and service to God. When, humanly speaking, you could have thought God had abandoned them by not giving them a child. But yet just the opposite of that, not only did God not abandon them, God had given them something great. God had given them the privilege of being the father of the forerunner of Jesus. And he, he honored this family. And sometimes we say, God, it, what's happening now in my life doesn't seem fair. And God says, I understand it doesn't mean that seem fair to you, but I'm going to use this in a way to bring honor to my son and to use you as a great tool and a great uh, part of my plan. And let us, let us encourage that that's what we should be striving for, striving to be part of God's plan, striving to be part of what he's doing. So therefore, remain faithful. You know, this family, this couple remained faithful for over 400 years of silence, and now they're in the center of Christian humanity, of, of, of Christian history, of, of world history. And you imagine how their prayers had gone, probably since the day they were married, praying for a child that never came, and now they're well stricken in years. The faithfulness of not to be angry, and I, I would encourage us that we'd hold to this premise, that 
no matter how we think it's happening. You know, in, in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. May we, in spite of the circumstances and events, remain faithful to God, committed to God, and then trust that God will do what only God can and how good he can be in it. Well, I thank you for taking this time and this Monday uh, to watch us. I hope you join us again tomorrow on Facebook, the church's Facebook account, uh, church's YouTube channel, and on our Instagram account as we go live at 11 o'clock tomorrow. And we hope to join us, invite some friends, share this with others, and we look forward to the opportunity as we study uh, the events leading up to the birth of Christ over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great rest of the day and a great week.